Amen. Amen. So we want to go to a wonderful passage of Scripture. I'm just going to pull one section of the Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And I'm so thankful for the victory that God has brought to our life. I would tell you that you can strive for victory in many areas. But those wreaths and those crowns are only temporary. Victory in Christ Jesus is forever. How many know that to be true? And so in this passage of Scripture, Paul is walking us through some of the great victories. He said, some shall not sleep, some are not going to die, but the Lord is going to call us home. How many know he's coming back and we'll be caught up to meet him in the air? What a great day that will be. And then he hits, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. He hits all of that in this passage of 15, 1 Corinthians 15. And then he said, death is swallowed up in victory. How many know that's true? That death just became a doorway because Jesus came out of the grave. That's so powerful. We don't even understand what it took for him to be a resurrected king. But then we get to the verse that I want to talk about. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And then verse 56, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. And here's where I want to focus. But thanks, everybody say thanks. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you today about no victory like victory in Jesus. Would you bow your heads and just pray with me and let's go to the word of the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for friends, family, those joining us online, those that are here to hear the word of the Lord. We pray it goes forward and it changes a life. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. As we leave 2023, this last week, some were happy to see 2023 leave, and some stayed up to see 2024 get here. Amen? But I want you to know that Whatever victories or whatever faults or whatever failures you had in 2023, as long as you leave your life in Jesus, you will find victory in him. It is a fact. And so scripture tells us, and Paul is like, but thanks be to God. It wasn't just what God did, but it's what God did for us, that he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. So I can tell you this, that there are times when you will not feel victorious in life. Spoiler alert. But I can also tell you that even in those moments when it feels like things are coming unraveled at the seams, you can walk in victory in your spirit, man. You can walk in victory in Christ Jesus because there's no victory greater than the victory that is in Jesus. Amen? And so the concept of victory in Jesus is foundational to Christian faith. It's encompassing the spiritual man, the emotions of man, the the physical triumph through Christ. It's all of that. But the concept of victory holds significant meaning in the Word of God as well as 
through various religious traditions. And I don't want to focus on traditions as much as I want you to understand that there is triumph in faith, whether you know it or not. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we gather in what seems to be a little bit of an archaic setup, all facing one way, hearing the word of God on a Sunday. But we know that this may be something that we pack in for next week. There may be some faith that's transferred through the word of God into our life right now as we're hearing the word that we're going to need on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. There's a victory out in front of us that needs the faith we're building into ourselves right now to accomplish. Amen. Let's explore that concept of victory in our hearts and our lives this year in 2024. And the world's major religions obviously have done that. Christianity's victory is a central theme, symbolizing the ultimate triumph of good over evil, life over death, and faith over adversity. We hear all of this. We've Some of us have grown up in the church hearing all of this, that Jesus is our victor. And, and though we know there's moments where we don't feel victorious, if we keep on walking with him, he makes all things good. Amen? So resurrection in Jesus Christ is viewed as the ultimate victory in Christianity. But then, of course, there's other things like spiritual warfare and, and perseverance and enduring as a good soldier. And, and we don't like that part of it, but there is an assurance that if we keep walking with Jesus, we will find triumph over sin and darkness. Amen? And so we know that though it gets dark out, there is still a light in the church, amen? And so Islamic faith is also a tradition, or they call it victory or nasar. It's associated with the divine support or success. And they, they read their Quran and they acknowledge the significance of victory, but in both contexts is the battle is spiritual. It's a struggle. Muslims believe that ultimate victory of righteousness and fulfillment of God's will will happen. And the concept of victory in the Islam faith underscores the notion of steadfast and reliance on God's guidance. So even though there there's so much wrong with that. There is victory still found in their religion, Judaism. Victory is often linked to God's providence or his ability to help us in the fulfillment of his promises. How many know he keeps promises? He cannot lie. He is a God. He's not a man that he should lie. Scripture tells us, but, the, but he's not a man that he should lie. I'll start over because I forgot the rest of it. He's not a man that he should lie, but the son of man that he's, okay, we'll move on. It's not in my notes. I just have one of those ADD moments that I usually don't entertain, but okay, I entertain them all the time. But God's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hey, I said it when I do it. I spoke it when I bring it to pass. See, I just have to look up and tap that file, and then I find it. The scripture portrays instance because you, you can win by the word, brothers and sisters. Let me take an ADD moment and just tell you, you can win with the word. You cannot win on your own strength. You cannot win on your own smarts. You cannot win through your ADD or ADHD or whatever you got. But I can tell you, that's just an excuse when it comes to having the word of God in your life. If you've got this word in your heart, you will be triumphant. Amen, somebody. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit in here. Hallelujah. The concept of victory in Judaism includes the emphasis of faith, obedience, and covenant between God and his people. How many know God is still a covenant God? Oh, hallelujah. 
When we are at our worst, he still wakes, he still wakes us up in the morning and says, I'm going to give you a victorious day. You can get up and I can change everything. I got blood to cover the sin and I'm going to make you victorious in Christ Jesus. Hinduism, victory is central. It's, it's an interconnected and, and, and a triumph of, of what they call dharma or righteousness and the restoration of cosmic harmony. I know they're off quite a ways and I, believe me, I know that's true, but I'm trying to point out that every religion that has ever been developed of man reaching for God, not God's way, but man trying to find a way to God, has always been central or had centrality in victory. The concept of victory is reflected in the narratives of their divine avatars. Battles between good and evil shows up in that in Hinduism. And then the revelation of spiritual truth. And, and Hindus use scripture to highlight the attainment of victory through devotion and, and self-realization. It's all focused on self. So much of this is focused on self to get victory. Buddhism, the victory is found and often it's framed in the construct of inner transformation and the conquest of suffering. And Buddhism teaches the emphasis of victory over ignorance and desires and attachments and, and leading to a state of, of enlightenment and liberation like, like the nirvana that they're reaching for. And the concept of victory in that religion is cultivated wisdom and compassion and transcendent of worldly illusions, also very focused on themselves and what they can do and where they're going and how they're rising up. And victory, jeet, and Sikhism is also found in the pursuit of truth, equality, and sovereignty in a divine purpose or divine person, and the resilience and courage and commitment to righteousness. All of these things are good traits and qualities to have, but when you get to Christianity and when you get even better to following after Jesus. Victory is not found in self-accomplishment, brothers and sisters. Victory is not in the psychological build of self-confidence. That's not even there. If you look at the scriptures, victory is found in Christ alone. Amen? Only in Jesus can we find victory. It's not located in the lofty goals that we reach for as humans might be powered by courage and strength, or it's not in conquering your ego or your self, or having self-enlightenment or getting to the point where you don't have crushing like you know anxieties or, or crushing performance anxieties getting beyond those points. And we need to get to where we can stand in the truth of Jesus Christ and stand under the pressure of life and say, I have a value that doesn't come from my circumstances or my surroundings. My value is found in the Jesus that died for me and loves me. Amen. But it's not in the relationship or realization of spiritual truths like Hindus say, or, or it's not in the devotion and self-realization of everything that you're searching after or getting what you want. Jesus is not a genie in a bottle where we rub and we say, hey, give me what I want, and if you don't, I'm not living for you. The Holy Ghost has come to give us life, and that more abundant, yes, that's true, but our victory is found in him alone. Amen, somebody. And Jesus alone. Amen. It's not getting what you want. It's not a Holy Ghost Jesus. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a Santa Claus Jesus. Amen. It's not, it's not like anything that we come and we say, well, God, if you do this, if you help me with this baggage I got in my life, if you help me with this stuff I'm going through, then I'll serve you. God says, no, I've already died and finished it. Why don't you step in to my victory that I've already purchased on that cross? Amen, someone. He loved us enough that he died for us. 
My grandmother used to sing it so many years ago. She'd say, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. That, that's old for he loved me though I didn't know him. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him. Somehow Jesus came and bought for me the victory. I remember that white-haired grandma up there with that hymnal songbook, and they would open it up, and for some reason my microphone stopped working, Jesus' name. <laughs> and she would say, turn to page 417, and we would all turn in the page while I was playing the drums, but you know how it goes. You're raised in church, you're always doing something. You don't get to sit, you have to work. Well, we had victory, amen? He loved us, and we sang about it, and we knew it was all in him. We not only knew the mighty God in Christ Jesus. We, all, we not only knew that God just didn't turn to somebody and say, hey, go down there and fix the problem. That would be unjust, brothers and sisters. There is no injustice in the mighty God in Christ Jesus. There is not one sending someone else so that they can fix the problem that we have with someone else. There's not no such thing as that. There is only one God, and his name is Jesus. And he came to this earth, and he died on our cross, and he suffered a sinner's death so we can have life and that more abundant. We we have victory over sin and death. Romans 6, 14 tells us for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law or but under grace. Thank God where sin abounds. Grace now much more abounds, brothers and sisters. We have victory in spiritual warfare as well through Ephesians 6, 10, 11 tells us finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and his might. And the power, his mighty power, but put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil, amen, and his schemes. So we know that we have victory in Jesus. And remodeling is not easy. When you come to the Lord, he moves into your house and he starts taking stuff out of your heart and out of your mind and out of your life. Anybody ever through remodeling? We went and saw Brother and Sister Massa last week and they have done a wonderful remodel on their home. And I was looking around going, I don't have the frustration tolerance for this. <laughs> it was so much work. And I was like, you have to live without water at times. You have to live without maybe a bathroom at times. You have to, you have to work around all this stuff while you're getting remodeled. And it's very inconvenient, very inconvenient. But when God comes into your life, he knows that you cannot sweep a house and leave it empty. He knows you need to put things into it, amen? And so he's going to start putting word into your life, and hopefully we understand that it's going to be uncomfortable for the changes that take place. But I have something that I do, and I don't know if you can do this or you want to do this, but I have something known as a change jar. Anybody got a change jar? Now, I'm a little bit childish at times, and I don't mean to be, but I love putting the change into the jar because it calculates how much... <laughs> is in there, and like when you put it in, it can tell if it's a quarter or a penny, and then it tells me how much it's gone up, and right now there's like $50 in there, so wherever the safety team is, keep an eye on this, okay? I want this after, after someone swipe it. But I don't know if you know, but there's white pieces of paper in there. It's not just change. This is not just my change jar. This is my victory jar, and I heard about this, and what I do is every time God does something great for me, I write it on a piece of paper, and I stick it in that jar, and when I get to the end of the year, I go process that sometimes before the end of the year, i got to process the change. But typically, it fills up. And at the end of this year, I will give everything that gets put in that jar to the Lord as a thank offering for the victories that I put in that jar. 
we forget so quick, brothers and sisters, how much he does for us. We forget so quick the victories, the big, the small. We forget when we get in times of distress, we, an emotion overcomes the frontal lobe, and we forget to remember the Lord and what he can do. Amen? And so we have to keep something. And this is all I do. It just it causes me to remember what God does. And every once in a while, I'll spin that top off, and I'll pull out some things, and I'll just start reading the victories that God does. And it sets my faith on fire. It reminds me again, oh, yeah, he got me through that. Oh, yeah. There was that trial and that situation and that Goliath and that victory that I got from Jesus because there's no victory, no lasting, sustaining victory like victory in Jesus Christ. In America right now, uh, as I'm starting a business and I'm trying very hard to get that business off the ground, um, I was looking at statistics and right now there's baby boomers that are selling off their businesses and if you're in business, this will be interesting to you. But they're selling off their businesses, and they have built their businesses their entire life, and now they were hoping to sell those businesses at the end of their life and retire from that money. But only one in ten businesses in America is actually able to be sold right now. There's no one buying businesses. So people are spending their entire lives, and yeah, they have W's. Yeah, they've got wins. Yeah, they have built their business, but there's no one coming, no investor coming to buy the business for their retirement. So only one in 10 businesses are selling in America right now, small businesses. And I was thinking, you know, all the victories, and these people are like, well, I planned to live on, I planned to retire, I planned, and they're looking at a business that they have all these victories in, but at the end of the day, no one is wanting to see value in what they built. And so you can have all of these victories in your life, but when you get to the end of your life or you get to the end of your days, you need Jesus in your life to have sustained, lasting, and substantial victory. In order to have victory, yes, we have many fights. Yes, we have burdens. Yes, we have things that we go through. But I'm telling you, the Goliath will fall if you stay in Christ Jesus. In 1 Samuel 17, 45, David says, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. I give you... Me and, uh, me and my friend Alex were talking about it as so we were looking at some handguns the other day at Farm and Fleet. And I was saying, you know, slingers in the Old Testament, they could propel a rock with the same force of like a 308 or a smaller caliber pistol. And the Bible says that that rock hit Goliath and it sunk into his head. And I don't know about you, but that was probably the only thing available because he was armored up. But I think that David knew how to sling a rock. And I think God got a hold of it and moved it at about the speed of a 45 caliber. That's what I think happened. You can believe what you want. But the Bible says he felt, that dude fell over when he got hit by a rock. And David said, I, I'm not doing this out of my own strength. He had prepared. He used that sling. He knew what was in his hand. He knew how to use it. So we have to do preparation. We're, I'm not talking about just flying by the seat of your pants and figuring it out as you go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about using what you've got and then putting God's name with it and trusting God to do something great with it. Amen. You can do a work for God if you stay in the victory of Jesus Christ. 
I don't know how great a sermon I'm going to preach today. I don't know how wonderful you're going to feel when you leave. But I can tell you this. This is probably the most important sermon I've ever preached from this pulpit. Not because of how good it is, but because of how much it will impact your life if you stop worrying about your performance anxiety, if you stop worrying about you and how you're going to do when you get on the job on Monday, how great things are going to be or how bad they're going to be. If you worry and worry, I want you to just put all that in Jesus Christ and say, you know what? My victory is in him. Every single time. It's not how good I am. It's not how well I slung this, this rock at this giant. It is all about the fact that God gets a hold of our dedication. God gets a hold of our consecration. And he says, I will give you victory in me. And I'm thankful that my life is found in him because victory is what I need. Amen. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus and all of it. If you have a job that you work, every day you get up and say, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. You do what you want to do. If I'm working away and someone walks in and wants to know about Jesus, I will back away from the work if it's appropriate, and I'll tell them about Jesus. Lord, have your way. I want victory in my faith. I want victory in the workplace. I want victory in my home. I want victory for my kids. I want victory for future generations. I don't want people driving around and with baggage in their life, I want them to find out that the victory is in Jesus. And even if you have consequences you're still living with, with decisions from your past, I want you to know you can walk through all of that with victory in him. Am I resonating with anybody? Victory and love and unity in the church. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, that's our text today, who gives us the victory Collectively, as a church, as a community of believers, we must have victory. Victory in serving others. And this year's theme for 2024 for this church is others first. Others first. In Galatians 5.13, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Everybody say free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another. Everybody say serve one another humbly in love. True victory in Jesus is found in serving others with humility and love while you follow Christ's example. Thank God for the beautiful victory that we have in Jesus. You know, there's things that I've carried around for many years, and this year I've been able to lay a bunch of stuff down, my worries about where the church is going and how things are happening and, and, and what God's going to do. And, and, and I realize there is just simply no victory outside of Jesus in my life. And maybe that's not a place where you're at right, right, right now, but I can tell you that I've experienced it in everyday life. I've experienced it in everything that I do. And I want you to know this, that as I speak to you right now, I want to change my title because I don't want you to just think it's a negative title, like there's no victory anywhere in your life. There's no victory like Jesus. I know there's victory in him, but I want you to know that when you've experienced it, you change that N-O to a K-N-O-W, and you change it to no victory, like victory in Jesus. You can experience it. You can know it. You can know for sure that you may not... 
Jesus, help us. You may not have everything happen the way you want it to in your life. I, I have a dear friend that, that carried baggage for quite a while, and maybe, maybe this is something that will resonate with you. He had, like, he had like bricks in his backpack, and he was just going through life because about a year earlier, he had held his baby as, as she was a lifeless, beautiful little baby at the hospital, and they let him hold him before they took her away, and, and he was holding his lifeless baby, brand new born baby, and and he's like, God, why would you let this happen? This, she looks beautiful. She looks like everything should be there. She looks like she should be breathing right now. Why did you take my baby? He, get, he went through several years with those bricks and that heaviness. And then he started building a little bit of bitterness toward God. And he started developing some other baggage that he was carrying along with him. And, and while he's doing all this, he's, he knows about the victory of Jesus. But things just start piling up. Anybody ever been there where your heart heart is just overwhelmed and, and there's things that just start piling up on you and, and you don't know what to do with it, but it's your stuff and you, you have to deal with it. You know, you have to take it and you come to church and you come down to the altar and, and you lift your hands and you worship and you, you try to leave it at the altar, but it's, it's not quite working. You run out of hands and you're managing all of this stuff that's in your life, but you're like, I know Jesus can give me the victory. But I just don't know how to handle this situation. And you just start stacking stuff, trying to figure it out. You're like, okay, if I, if I do this, maybe I can be more efficient. And you know what? I'm just, I don't want anybody to know about what I'm going through. I don't, I don't want anybody to know what I'm struggling with. I'm just going to do what I got to do. And he was praying over that little baby girl. And, and God spoke to him. And God said, she has an eternal purpose just like she has a natural purpose. She had an earthly purpose, but she also has an eternal purpose. And no matter how long people live on this life, no matter if they're taken young or old, there is a purpose in people's life that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so... Maybe you've had some baggage. Maybe you've had some stuff. And, and, you, and you know, you come to church and you, and you believe God. And you, could you just hold that for me, bro? Yeah, there you go. Just hold that. And then maybe you can hold this for me. And just thank, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm just going to sit right here. Watch out for my bricks in this bag. I got a lot of bitterness. Yeah, praise God. All right. And you're in church and you're just having a good time. How are you doing this week? Good? Yeah. Okay. Well, and... Thanks for helping me out with that. I, you know, I get tired carrying all that around. And then the pastor says, why don't we lift our hands and praise? Our, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, sorry. You probably want to praise too, don't you? Yeah, okay. And then I'm, inter I'm interrupting what he needs to do, and, and I'm keeping him from praising him. And then, you know, all this stuff, you just, and then pastor says, why don't you come down to the altar and pray and leave things at the altar, and you come, and you, and you try to pray, and you, you feel better about what's going on, and you're like, God, I surrender to you. I want to I leave it at the altar, and, then, and you begin to praise and worship, and then all of a sudden, you, you get out to your car, and you realize it followed you back out to the car again, and you do this week after week, and you're trying to believe for victory. You're trying to say, I got, I got victory in Jesus I got victory in Jesus. You're trying to convince yourself of that. But next week, here you come again, and you bring back in some baggage, and you're like, the same stuff. I'm still dealing with the same stuff. I can tell you that there's only one place for this stuff to go, and it's to the foot of the cross. You need to take it, and you need to drop it off at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to help me. I got stuff in here that I've been dealing with for so long. I got things that I don't know what to do with. And as he was laying there, 
holding his baby, and the doctor came and said, we're going to have to take her now. He said, it's okay. As he cried tears, he put his bitterness on Jesus. He put the heavy things that he was carrying in his heart on Jesus. He said, God knows. God knows why it had to happen this way. I don't know why we lost a baby premature. I don't know why all of this happened, but I'm going to believe Jesus, and I'm going to leave it at the cross. I'm going to leave it where it belongs, where he laid it all down and did everything that needs to be done, I'm going to leave it with Jesus. I've brought baggage here today, and maybe you have too, and I want to leave it at the cross because I want to walk away with remembrance of only the victory that he has done for me. All of our victory has to be in him. We're not qualified to carry the burdens of life. We're not qualified to carry the difficult things that we go through. This life was supposed to be good. When God created heaven and earth, he looked at every day, and I already told you he's not a man that he should lie, and he said it was good and then the next day he said it was good there was no bad in it he said it was good God cannot call it good if there's bad in it so God said it was good because he does not lie but when man took of the fruit and fell from the covenant and the curse came in we had sickness and we had death and we were separated from God but thanks be to God that we have victory through Jesus Christ our Lord that is what Paul is saying in first Corinthians 15. He's saying every piece of baggage, every piece of life hurt, every misunderstanding, every rub from financial woes and and relationships, they can all go to the cross. You don't have to carry things burdening you down. I picked that cross for you. I carried that cross for you. I came to earth and carried it for you. I remember today that darkness fell on the earth when he died, but when he came out of the grave, It was a great victory. There is still light in Jesus. And I preached to you today very convicted, very overwhelmed that we will still know victory. No matter what happens in 2024, we will still know victory because we know K-N-O-W, victory in Jesus. Would you stand with me today? So that's what Paul is saying. He said so much in 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be caught up in the air in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's a lot to say, Paul. Wouldn't that be enough? He said, this body, this body is going to return to the earth from which it came, but we're going to get a new glorified body in heaven. This corruptible must put on the incorruption that's coming. And then he says, even more, he says, death, where's your sting and grave? Where are you? You've been defeated The thing that God used to defeat death was death. How how do you do that? That is what he's talking about. But then he gets to verse 15. After saying all of those things, he gets to verse 15 and he says, but thanks. He takes a moment and he says, I got to get on a knee here. I got to bow down because you see, I was, I was persecuting the church as Paul. I, I was doing things that I don't even want to admit to, but thanks be to God that I found a place for all the things I was carrying at the foot of the cross. 
Thanks be to God that I found all the burdens that I was carrying. I don't have to lay them on somebody else. I don't have to sit next to Brother Eric and pile all my baggage on top of him and say, help me handle this right now. Can you just help me handle this? We're not here to just handle stuff. We're not here to just handle woes and handle difficulties. This is supposed to be a hospital for the Holy Ghost to help us to leave it at the foot of the cross. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. Psalm 60, 12. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. 2 Chronicles 20, 15. This is what the Lord would say to us today. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle has always been the Lord's. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, Joshua 1.9. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I close with this. Sarah and I knew we were done pastoring with her father and my father-in-law. We knew a year before we said anything to them because God had released us, but we didn't know how to exit. We didn't have an exit strategy without people following us to Brookfield if we wanted to start a church. And we knew that would be difficult. And I said, Lord, if you want us to do something, you're going to have to open the door. And a friend of mine called from Virginia, and they were building a church out there, and we were going to get to see the dynamics of that. He said, hey, why don't you come out and do a youth thing for us? And Monday, we were going to fly back, and they took us out to lunch and said, are you guys in transition? And we're like, yeah, we actually are. We feel like God has released us. He said, we want you to come and help us with this work. And I said, we'll pray about that. So we started praying, and on the way home, I said, Lord, I don't even know how to put legs on this thing. I said, I tell you what, I, I do not want to sell my hot little hobby farmhouse in Muskego. I do not want to sell it. I said, but if you want us to go to Virginia and then come back and plant a church in Brookfield, I want you to sell this house for me. I don't want to put a sign in the yard. And I was telling Brother Mike about this just the other week. Two days later, a man walked down my gravel drive and said, you ever want to think about selling this place? Do you think that happens by chance? I said, well, it's funny you ask because I was just asking God if we needed to go to Virginia for a couple years to help out a church there. He's like, well, man, this is a great property. I'd like to fix up what's left. You've been working on it, but I'll fix up the rest of it, split the property down the middle, build a new house on this one and sell that off, get my money back. I'm like, make us an offer. We bought the house for 129000 if I remember the numbers right. He came in at 258000 somewhere right in there. God not only sent us Virginia and back to Brookfield, but he paid for it. He paid for it. Your victory is in him. Your victory is always in him. Always. Would you bow your heads with me? It is God's arm with me that strengthens me and keeps me and keeps my way secure. Lord, I need you today. 
I'm going to open up this altar, and I wonder if there's somebody in this room that needs faith to be built in your life. If you want more victory in Jesus, I tell you this, Psalms 44:7. but you give us victory over our enemies and put our adversaries to shame. If you have a, something in your life right now where you need more victory, I think we all need to come to this altar. I would to God that we'd empty this room right now and fill this altar. It's open. Would you come and would you lift your hands and make a declaration of faith that I am going to put all of my victory in Jesus. It's not in my abilities. It's not in what I can do. It's all in you, Jesus. It's all in you, Jesus. Right now, would you lift your hands all over the room if you're coming? Step out in faith and just make a declaration. 2024, no matter what comes, I'm going to trust my victories in you, God. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. Come on, give him thanks that you can surrender yourself to a victorious, victorious God. We give ourselves, we give our children, we give our life, we give our livelihood. We give it all to you right now, Jesus. Come to the altar where victory is found in Jesus Christ. Lord, let us have the change we need in our life. Let us see baggage being shrugged off at their cross. Let us see the victory that we need in Jesus. Let us leave here knowing that there's no victory like the victory in Jesus. Let us leave here with our hearts on fire for you, God. No matter what we face on Monday, Tuesday, or throughout the week, come on, lay it down, brothers and sisters. Lay down your feelings on the altar of sacrifice and pick up your faith that embraces victory in Jesus. Come on, build your faith in prayer right now. Victory in Jesus. I need victory over my feelings. I need faith for his victory. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, fight the good fight in your prayers right now. Come on, release yourself. Release yourself to victory in Jesus. Not your victory, but his victory over your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come to the altar. The Father. Come on, reach over and touch somebody next to you and pray for him. Take the hand if it's appropriate next to somebody and just pray for him. I believe for the victory. I'm believing for victory. Jesus Christ, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open. Come on, you carried that bag is long enough. Come on, you've been packing around a backpack full of heavy bricks. You're going to have victory in Jesus. You're going to have victory in your home and your family. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. I release it to you, Jesus. I release it to you, Jesus. I don't know what this victory is going to look like, but I know it's going to come to victory. I know when it's all said and done, I'll say thank you, Jesus. When it's all said and done, I will say, but thanks be to God. For he's given me the victory, but thanks be to God. What a savior. 